Amen. Come on. How many of y'all are glad to be in the house of the Lord, right? Man. Ah. So I have a backpack on, uh, if you haven't noticed, right? So I'm going to talk about it. Man, as we were in worship, Travis, I was just like, man, you need to go get your backpack, you know? Just a little, uh, it was in my truck. It smells terrible right now. Because uh, I just got back from a four-day backpacking trip, right? And, and the worst part about backpacking for four days is you don't get to take a shower for four days, you know? So you come back smelling like smoke, but feeling refreshed some kind of way. It's, a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. Uh, but while, you know, I just wanted to just share a little bit about my backpacking trip and get into the Word this morning. Is that okay? Amen, amen. It, I mean, it was a great time. We relaxed, had some great men. Uh, some great uh, memories that were created, and uh, man, I, I'm looking forward to posting some pictures up on Facebook soon because, man, I mean, it's just, you know, you talk about an icy plunge, seeing, seeing Braylon go into a, you know, an ice cold, under an ice cold waterfall, you know, and getting a waterfall on them, that's, that's, that's next level speed of light ministry, right? But, you know, what, what's interesting about backpacking is that, you know, you almost have to carry like a hotel on your back. Right? And, I mean, so this is all that I brought, right? This is it. Uh, but, man, it's really significant. I mean, this thing weighs probably, I mean, close to 40 pounds, right? Less, I don't have as much food, and I don't have any food in here right now, but with food and water and all that stuff, about 40 pounds, you know? And, uh, but to be honest, I couldn't imagine going into the woods without taking this 40 pounds of stuff with me, you know? Because, because man, I would be, first of all, I'd get eaten alive by bugs, Right? I mean, I would probably starve because I don't know how to forage and hunt and do all that stuff, right? So I had to bring some food with me. I had to bring a sleeping pad because I'm not sleeping on the ground, right? It's not as bad. Travis actually has a cot that he brings. It's kind of, kind of neat. I think that's just part of what he does. But, uh, but a sleeping bag. It didn't get cold, but there's been many times we go backpacking and it can get down into the 20s even, you know, and, I mean, it's not like optional sleeping bag. Like, that's no longer an option. It's mandatory. You have to have a sleeping bag. And, uh, and I was thinking about these things that we have. I have a little stove, and I, I just wanted to kind of show you just real quick. This, in my backpack, I have some equipment. And, and later today, in fact, I'm going to have to take some of this equipment and, and clean it up and set it aside. Because how many of you know I don't use this equipment every day? These things I only use... When I go backpacking, right? So, and I'm not going to probably go backpacking again until, I, I'm not going to set a date because I haven't talked to my wife yet. And if, so guys, it, it, this is just a little marriage uh, advice. Don't set dates unless you talk to your wife in front of a bunch of people, okay? You know, but, but I mean, these are things, but, so I have to store these things and take care of them, right? Because they're only really used for one kind of specific purpose. They're only used for, for backpacking and camping. This is one of my favorite little devices here. This is called a pocket bellows. So when you're trying to make a fire, you know, you can just kind of use this and blow right on the fire, right where on the coal, right? And man, this is like, this is amazing. You want to stay alive and stay warm, you need a fire in the woods. So I have that. So I need to make sure to take good care of that, set it aside. This here is my is just a, a little water filter. I use this to filter water out of the creek and, and do all that stuff, right? So I can put uh, some water in a bag. I filter it through this filter. I can drink it and stay safe and not get all kinds of weird diseases and all that other stuff, right? That's important. But if I don't take care of this, you know what's going to happen? Next time I go 
backpacking, it's not going to be usable, right? It's going to be defiled and gross and full of algae. Uh, you know, here's my, here's like a little pot set, you know, and it's just got some little pots in it and a burner and different little things that I can use to cook food and all that kind of stuff. Very, very neat. I have in here, I have a sleeping bag and a sleeping pad. I have a tent, you know, a tent that, that I use. I have to, later today, I'm going to, in fact, take it out in my garage and set it up to dry it out because if I don't, it's going to develop mold and nasty and all that other stuff. And then next time I go backpacking, you know what I don't have? A tent because I, my, I don't, my, my backpacking gear budget is pretty, pretty small. And there's other things. I have, I actually, I have a table and a little chair that I bring with me so I can keep my stuff neat and clean and, and out, of the, out of the mud and all that. It's, it's all these backpacking things, right? And it's really cool. And as we were in worship, I just began to realize, I'm like, man, now it's a, we've been talking about holiness this past, you know, last week we started this series just talking about holy things, right? Holy communion, okay? Holy Spirit, the Holy Bible, right? And I got to thinking about my backpacking items, and I'm like, man, these things, although they may not be holy, but in a sense, they are kind of holy. Because they're for, they're for a specific purpose, for a specific time, and I have to set them aside, I have to clean them up and, and store them properly, so that way they're able to be used the next time I need them. Because the next time I go into the wilderness... I'm going to have to have these things. Because in fact, if I don't have these things, you know where I can't go? Into the woods. I can't go. I'll freeze to death. I'll get eaten by bugs. I'll st- I'm not going to starve. Okay. But I like to think that. I mean, you know, feels like it. Feels like it. I, I may get cold. It's these things, right? And, and these items, these, these, these camping backpacking things are, are kind of holy for camping and backpacking, right? But, but there's other things that... So I can't go to the woods without these things. In the same way, we have holy things in our lives that allow us to go places that we couldn't go without them in the world. I, I mean, I can, I can come to church and I can have fellowship. I can have peace in my heart. I can have comfort in my soul. Why? Because, because I partake in holy communion. It's this, it's this reset. It's this process that takes place you know, communion brings, brings community, you know. It brings confession. It brings, it, 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 it's like touching home plate, you know what I mean? It's, it's that kind of thing. I can't, I can't, communion's powerful for me, but it's holy. I have to set it apart and take care of it. I have to set that aside. I can't defile these holy things. Holy communion, the Holy Spirit and Holy Scripture. How many of you know the Bible is meant for a purpose, and we can't just use it and wield it however we want. Come on, this is the Word of God. Can you imagine trying to go through life without the Bible? The Holy Scriptures? It, just like trying to go backpacking without a, a, a tent. It'd be like trying to go backpacking without a sleeping bag, right? I mean, you'll make it out there, but you're not going to make it for long. And the same thing in the Christian life. We need to have Holy Scriptures that make us you know, able to withstand the world and able to live a good Christian life. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit. You know, I believe that the Holy Spirit gives us direction, gives us guidance, gives us comfort and peace. You know, the Holy Spirit is like the compass that I don't carry because, you know, you have phones and all that other stuff now. You know, the, the, Holy, the Holy Scripture is it's for correction. It's, 
It's for rebuke, it's for reproof, it's for teaching. You know, it's kind of like our tent that we can sit inside of. And Holy Communion brings community, confession. See, these are the things that are holy, that are set apart, that allow us to operate as Christians in the world. And these are things that we need to set aside, we need to take care of, we need to to hold in high regard, right? These things in that backpack are, man, they're worldly things, right? Wood, hay, and stubble. Well, the things of the Spirit are, are pure uh, gold and silver. I mean, they're, they're, they're for a purpose, man. We can't, re- we can't neglect that. So I want to talk a little bit about holiness and what that means. And we know that holiness simply means this, something to be set apart, right? We've kind of turned it into something that it's not, right? Holiness nowadays or, or maybe 50 years ago meant, you know, long skirts and buns, right? Long pants and ties and all these things, right? Kind of holiness was an outward holiness. But how many of you know? That Jesus said don't, that, that the Holy Spirit didn't come to cleanse the outside, but to cleanse the inside so that the outside can be cleansed. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit here today. Is that okay? Now, how many of you, I mean, there is so much conversation around the Holy Spirit. We need to know what is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? How do we live a, a life in the Holy Spirit? Just like I take care of these things in this backpack. I need to make sure I have a, understand the proper usages, the proper purposes, the proper place for the Holy Spirit in my life. Just to begin, I, I just want to just, you know, let, just kind of give you a little warning. Uh, we, we're a Pentecostal church. You know, in, in the scheme of, 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 of churches and biblical churches and examples, you know, I would rather have gone to the church in Corinth than the church in Laodicea. You know, I'd rather go to a church that's a little bit out of order than a church that's dead. I, I would rather go to a church where things seem a little crazy than buried. We, we are a Pentecostal church. We're a church that operates in the gifts of the Spirit. And sometimes that makes people uncomfortable. Okay, I get it. But, but know this, that man, I would rather bring a little bit of correction to move, how many of you know it's easier to steer a moving ship? So just to begin, the, so we're a Pentecostal church. We are an Assembly of God church. And if, you, if you're so interested, the, the, we have 16 fundamental truths. And I just want to bring this out. That the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is, is, it, it, it occupies two places within our 16 fundamental truths. These are the doctrines of the Assemblies of God, right? I, I like to think of of these doctrines as, as that, as just their doctrines, right? They don't take preeminence over Scripture. How many of you know that the Word of God is truth? The Word of God is truth. And the Word of God speaks principles, right? And, and these principles teach us how to live. They teach us what to do, what to say, how to act. And, and in those principles, we develop doctrines, right? These are statements that try to, in a maybe shorter period of time, state something about a principle that's speak, spoken in the Word, right? So it's truth, principles, and doctrines. And this is two of the, the, the 16 fundamental truths. I just want to read these just to give a little context for this morning. So, it's the, the, so, the, so two of the 16 fundamental truths is one of them is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It says that all believers are entitled to and should ardently expect and earnestly seek the promise of the Father, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire. According to the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
This was the normal experience in all the early Christian church. With it comes the endowment, or endowment, endowment, I think, of power for life and service, the bestowment of gifts, and their uses in the work of the ministry. So, so I, I just want to clarify that this baptism of the Holy Spirit, this experience is distinct from and subsequent to the experience of new birth, right? You, you don't, it's, this is something that you are saved when you believe. It says anyone who believes in their heart confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord shall be what? Saved, right? And, and, and then after that, there's a subsequent. Now, sometimes it happens instantaneously or just right back to back. But I mean, I was a saved, born-again believer going to church. Man, my eternal destination was heaven for eight years before I was baptized with the Holy Spirit and power. And let me tell you, man, it was like something changed within me. My wife can testify to that. I mean, I became like something new. I was born again, but man, when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, something changed. I changed. I changed. The second, the second principle, or, or number eight in the 16 fundamental truths, is that the initial physical evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, so this talks about the initial physical evidence so the baptism of believers in the Holy Spirit is witnessed by the initial physical sign of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives them utterance. So if you go in the Bible, you can see many examples throughout Scripture where speaking in other tongues is experienced along with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, right? The initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. You see, when you talk about physical evidence, right, these are tangible things, things that can be seen, things that can be heard, things that can be touched, right? Physical evidence. So it's like when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, my ears didn't grow bigger. My, my nose didn't grow longer. I didn't get taller. I've been putting on weight, but I don't think that has anything to do with it. It's that the initial physical evidence as found in Scripture was that the speaking in tongues. This is part of that experience, the physical evidence. Now, that's not the only expression. How many of you know? I mean, you didn't get baptized in the Holy Ghost, so that way you get a prayer language. That's part of it, but that's not the fulfillment of it. If your only experience in the baptism of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues, let's talk after service. Because, man, I, I changed in more ways than just how I prayed. So what does it have? What does it mean to have the Holy Spirit living in you? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Man, this is one of my favorite verses, right? This is one of the things that, I, man, I, I talk to Christians about this a lot, right? I'm like, this is Paul talking to the church in Corinthians, right? One of my, I mean, man, I'm going to tell you, man, if I lived and, and at that time, I would probably go to that church because there was exciting things taking place at Corinth, at Corinth you know what I mean? It was a, it was a happening place. Paul says this, he says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, 
For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now Paul is talking about sexual immorality, but I feel like the principle applies across many things. That we need to understand that not only is the Holy Spirit something that just comes upon us and we begin to pray and prophesy, but we are become a temple for the Holy Spirit. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, comes and lives within you. The Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Friends, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have the power of God dwelling within your heart. Man, somebody needs to get more excited than that. Here's the reality. Man, when, when, I was, when I was lost, when I was... I mean, I got saved and I got delivered from alcoholism. From, I mean, you name it, I got delivered from it. God began to bring me from, from des- some desperate places to new destinations. He gave me a new purpose, a new hope. And when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I began to walk in those things. I began to talk in those things. I began to come a new creation in Christ. Old things begin to pass away. Come on, that, that desire for alcohol began to pass away. That lust in my heart began to pass away. The addictions begin to pass away. My, the, the things that put me down begin to pass away. This is the power of God within us. This is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Man, my, my witness at church and my witness at work begin begin to change. My countenance begin to change. The conversations I had begin to change. I begin to change. I began, I began to become separated, sanctified, set apart for a higher purpose, for a higher calling. I, I mean, man, not so that God could stuff me in some backpack. No, that he can put me for the work of the ministry in the church. May God begin to speak to me in dreams and in visions and prophetic words. I couldn't even go to McDonald's without having a word for someone. You see, the Holy Spirit is more than some Pentecostal idea. It's not just some theology that we live out. It's not just some, a couple of blurbs and our fundamental truths. Come on, the Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is active today. And when the church begins to grab hold of this idea, come on, the world begins to change. The Holy Spirit is just more than just some modern expression of worship. Man. Come on, it's not just we're going to sing and praise in the Holy Ghost. Come on, the Holy Spirit didn't begin at Azusa Street. Come on, the Holy Ghost began on the day of Pentecost. And even before that, the Holy Spirit was poured out amongst men. And lives began to change and the world got turned upside down. Man, the early church wasn't successful because they were well organized. It wasn't successful because they were invited into the community. Well, the early church wasn't successful because they had good doctrine and good theology. The early church was successful because they were on fire with the Holy Spirit living within them. Well, they faced persecution. Man, they stood in the face of, of, of the enemy. This is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Man, that's the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. Man. Okay, let me stay on my notes. 
Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. Man, I, I kind of feel in the Holy Ghost right now, man. It's just like, whew, I, would, I was just going to have a nice tame talk today. I don't think that's God's plan. I mean, he's like, go get your backpack, man. We're going to be here a while. I got some mountain house meals for lunch if y'all want some. <laughs> Maybe some of Travis's dehydrated chili, right? Hey, man, Travis made some dehydrated chili. I think we should bring that to the chili cook-off this year. It was good. Did it all by himself. It was awesome. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5 says this, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. I, come on, look at your neighbor and say, wait. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, wait. Now look at your neighbor and say, you don't have to wait no more because the promise has come on the day of Pentecost. Come on, he said, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be what? Baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Come on, let me tell you, if you want to get baptized in this place, like water baptism, right? I'm not just going to come up to you and say, oh man, okay, whew. You are water baptized in Jesus' name. That's not how it works, right? We're going to have to put water in the tank. You're going to come out soaking wet. Your outward experience changes. You don't go in the water and come out dry. Come on, you go in the water, you come out looking like a wet puppy dog. Something changes physically. You've made an action. Something is different on the outside. But when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, it's not just some, oh, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and there's no change. You can't go get baptized in the Holy Ghost and come out dry. Come on, when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, something within you begins to change. Something within you begins to get stirred up. Something within you begins to be fired up, man. You begin to see people not as lost. You don't see people as sinners. Come on, you see people as, as, as the children of God. I don't see drug addicts. I see prodigals. Well, I don't see prostitutes. I see prodigals. Oh, that the Spirit of God would fall upon the church once again. This is a promise. There's a promise connected to the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus made a promise. He said, wait. Wait for the promise of the Father. See, this is, there's a promise connected to the Holy Spirit. So if there's a promise, then there has to be a fulfillment of that promise. Acts chapter 1 verses 8 says this, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You see, something changes within the believer. See, a born-again believer isn't an effective witness unless they are baptized in the Holy Ghost. It, how many of y'all got to spend three years with Jesus every single day of your life? Walking around with Him, talking with Him, seeing the miracles, see Him hang on the cross, see Him raised again from the... Physically see Him raised to new life. I mean, think about that. This is the resurrected Jesus. I mean, you would think at this point, you're like, man, okay, this is some real religion right here. This is the real deal. Jesus, in His resurrected form, says, listen, you saw my miracles. You saw me feed 5,000. You saw me feed 4,000. You saw me raise people from the dead. You saw me heal the leper. You saw all these things that we didn't see, by the way. 
You saw Jesus crucified on a cross, buried in a tomb, third day. Peter and John run to the tomb in this empty. There's no one there. It's empty. Jesus is gone. He's not there. He, they see Him again for 40 days, raised again to new life. Jesus walking, talking, walking through walls, doing amazing things. And he, this is Jesus says, okay, guys, I know this is awesome, but there's more. There's something more. You don't, don't pack, don't set up your camp here. This ain't the end of the line. There's more. There's the Holy Spirit. In fact, in the book of John, chapter 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. This is Jesus talking. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. Jesus is setting the stage for the Holy Ghost. He is setting the stage for the day of Pentecost. He is setting the stage for something that's going to come that's better. How can it get better than Jesus? It's Jesus in you. It's God in you. It's the Holy Spirit in you. Man, this is powerful. I know I'm preaching good, man. I, I, I know it. I mean, I, I, I can tell by the sweat dripping off of me. I mean, so, so something changes in the life of the believer when they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it's not just the gifts. I mean, let me, don't get me wrong. The gifts of the Spirit are good. Man, prophecy, tongues, interpretations of tongues, healing, faith. Come on, words of wisdom, words of... These are good things. I love these things. The fruit of the Spirit is good. Love, joy, peace, patience kindness, gentleness, self-control. These are good. I mean, these are the things that come out of us once we're born again. These are the things that come out of us once we're filled with the Spirit. And they're good. But I believe that the transformed life of the believer is better. Well, if the Holy Spirit is just giving you gifts and He's just giving you fruits, but He's not changing you and transforming you, come on, then you're, you need to have a little bit of a wake-up call this morning. Come on, God has equipped you with His Holy Spirit that we can be witnesses unto Him. This is powerful. The Holy Spirit is not just an add-on to the Christian experience. Come on, it's just not, hey, listen, man, we're going to get you saved. If you want to get baptized in the Holy Ghost, that's cool too. You know, it'd be better. It's essential, friend. It's essential. I've some of you may be struggling with this idea. That's okay. I, don't, I struggled with this idea for eight years. Eight years. That's a long time. I mean, I'm only, only 20 or something. I feel like I'm 20. I, I, you go backpacking in the mountains for four days, you don't feel like 20 for very long. Man, it was like I needed a reach. I needed new life being born again into me. Man, God... When I was saved, God cleaned the outside of the cup. When I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, God cleaned the inside of the cup. Man, it was something changed within me. I want to talk about just three ways. Wow. Three ways that, that, that the Holy Spirit changes us. The three ways that the Holy Spirit affects our life. The first way is that, that, that the Holy Spirit gives direction to the life of the believer. Listen, man, when we have the Holy Spirit, it's not just for speaking in tongues. It's not just for all the gifts and all that stuff. 
But man, every single decision that we make, we need to begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us in that. In the book of Genesis, chapter 12, you see Abram, this, this man who's, who, who's living in the land of Ur, and God comes to him in a vision and says, Abram, get thee out of your land and go to a land that I will show you. Come on, I will make you the father of many nations, and I will bless you in that land. You see, Abram, he didn't have just a, uh, it wasn't just a good idea. He didn't read a brochure, the land of Canaan. Hey, honey, this looks good. It was a word from the Lord. And he went. And it wasn't just a word for him. It was because of his obedience. Now that we have the word of God. See, it's not just about Abraham. It was about the very will of God on earth. That God wanted to pour out and reveal himself to those people. To the people that he would give to Abraham. We can never fully understand the will of God for our lives until we learn to walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'll never forget, it's almost 10 years ago, me and Shannon, we were at our old place back in Hayes, Louisiana. Come on, if you know where Hayes is, raise your hand. Hey, awesome, man, awesome. I love, that's a great place. They need a church there. Anybody want to go plant a church in Hayes? Come on. Okay, maybe, maybe next service. But I remember I was living there. We were going to church. I was on the worship team, men's ministry, preaching, doing, you know, doing that kind of stuff. But it was like the Holy Spirit began to stir up within me and Shannon. And it was like, hey, Joe, I mean, things are beginning to change and you need to leave Hayes. And I was like, OK. So I began to pray. I mean, I had a job. I was working in the oil field and, man, I, you know, I was working out of our Lake Charles office. But I was I was in sales, traveling all over the Gulf Coast. But I came to a realization I needed to move on. It's like the Holy Ghost just spoke it to me. My boss didn't speak it to me. Shannon didn't speak it to me. Holy Spirit spoke. We began to pray and seek God and ask for direction immediately. So that's what we did. And man, we had all kinds of... Man, we can go to Corpus Christi. We can go to San, uh, San Antonio. We can go to Houston. We can go to Dallas. We can go to Covington. And let me tell you, we looked at all of those places. And then Lafayette came on the radar. Ten years ago, almost to the day, we began to pray. And I was like, Lord, we have to make a decision. Where are we going to go? And finally, the Holy Spirit just said, Lafayette. And I just, man, it was like the peace of God came upon me. And let me tell you, friends, that that is just as powerful as an experience, just as powerful as an expression, as, as any word of prophecy. When the Holy Spirit, when we're obedient to the voice of the Holy Ghost, but I had to seek Him for that. He can give us direction the same way He gave direction to Abraham. You see, the Holy Ghost isn't just, didn't just come on the earth at Pentecost. The Holy Ghost is God. It's part of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, why leave Him out? So we begin to pray, not having an idea. We came all the way from Hayes, Louisiana, to just up the road, Lafayette, Louisiana. No church. We just said, we're just going to move here. Then we'll find a church when we got here. And I drew a circle around my house on a map and said, okay, we're going to come visit all these churches. And we came and visited First Assembly of God Church, just down the road. I didn't even know that the Assemblies of God were a spirit-filled church. I read the website, read the fundamental truths. Oh, okay, I believe what they believe. Let's go. And we called up here and talked to Monica Neal. I was like, man, she's really nice. Let's go visit that church. And man, walked in the door, said, okay, we found our church home. That's an amazing story as it is. But then God began to open up doors. 
So we're just, oh man, okay, we walk through this door, walk through this door, walk through this door, walk through this door. Next thing you know, I'm pastoring the church. I didn't come here to pastor church. I didn't even plan on pastoring a church. I wanted to go plant a church somewhere. I mean, don't, listen, just listen to the voice of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to figure it all out. Just go where he says. The Holy Spirit will give you direction for your life. In every decision, seek him. I don't care if you got to go to the closet and pray in tongues for three hours. Do it. Do what you have to do until you have the peace of God speaking to you in that decision. And I mean, and if someone tries to force a, a now decision, it's just always no. That's my, you say, hey, you need to make a decision right now. No. No peace. No peace. The Holy Spirit gives deliverance in the life of the believer. Man, in the book of Exodus chapter 3, Moses, I mean Moses, y'all know this story. Moses is minding his own business. And I thought about this while we were on the hiking trail. While we're hiking, I see a tree that's like half burnt. None of the other trees around it are burnt. I'm like, man, that's like the bush. God. But it was consumed. I'm like, that's not God. Moses is minding his own business. Now keep it in mind, okay? Moses is old. I mean... I say that, he's, I don't want to say how old he was, because he wasn't that old. He was like 80, okay? He's 80. Wasn't that old. Man, you know, 80 used to me used to be old. It's not that old anymore. It's just crazy. But he's minding his own business, and it's like the Holy Spirit just speaks to him through an angel living in a burning bush that's not consumed. And he says, go, return to the land of Egypt where you came out of and deliver my people out of the bondage of the Egyptians. He spoke to him and he returned and he listened. You see, the, every problem has a Holy Spirit solution. Man, I, we face problems all the time. I face budget problems. I face kid problems, people problems, car problems, house problems, world problems. Personal problems. Talk about emotional health. Doc, man, we need to talk. We face problems. You see, the Holy Spirit has a solution for every problem. See, the problem is we don't, even, we don't consult with Him. We say, oh, Holy Ghost, man, we, you're good for praying in the Spirit. You're good for prophesying in church. You're good for words of wisdom. But I don't know if you can help me with my bills. Every problem, God has a deliverance for you. It is found in the Holy Spirit of God. God speaks to us in these things. Man, let me tell you, I, when I mean, golly, I wish I had about another hour or so to preach. But when I was first born again, I had three DWIs. That's a problem. It's like 20 years ago. But at that time, that was a mandatory 10 years felony charge and God said okay Joe I, I mean I had to settle it within my heart it's like okay God I guess I'm just going to be a jail a prison preacher right and I was cool with it I was okay Lord I met this awesome woman I'd really like to marry her you know could you help me out you know and I began to pray and pray and pray I mean and God began to speak and he began to do things and walk me through things I mean it was kind of like walking a, a, a razor thin line but that's what I did and you know a year later I looked back, and I had walked out of that valley. This DWI was forgiven. This DWI was expunged. This DWI was forgotten. Next thing you know, I'm like, whoa, I'm not in the valley anymore. 
I got my driver's license. I got a job. God began to deliver me and walk me through some things that were impossible through the ways of man. The Holy Spirit living in us is powerful. It brings deliverance. The Holy Spirit brings purpose to the life of the believer. Exodus 35, verses 30 through 33, it says, And Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and all manner of workmanship to design artistic works to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting jewels for setting and carving wood to work in all manner of artistic workmanship. Listen, this is God setting apart a specific individual and filling him with his spirit so that way this man can go and start crafting the holy things of the tabernacle. This is good stuff right here, Doc. Brian, this is good. You see, because God didn't go find an artisan. God didn't go find a jeweler. Come on, God went and found some slaves in a brick factory in Egypt and delivered them out of that place. Someone who had no skills other than shaping and crafting bricks out of mud and out of hay. And he began to pour his spirit into these people and give him skills that he never had before. Gave him the ability to craft holy things, righteous things, beautiful things. You see, whenever we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the things we begin to do on this earth begin to be set apart for his holy work. I don't know if y'all are getting this yet. See, the Holy Spirit gives us purpose. I mean, I can speak. Like when I was in the oil field, I was a technical sales representative. I would go before audiences of engineers and, and other people, oil field guys, and I would give technical presentations. But let me tell you, when I began to devote my life to the work of the Lord, and I began to change the things that were coming out of me, God began to make the things that were within me holy so that the things coming out of me would be holy. And instead of doing the making bricks that, were, that would fail and fall away, He began to allow my prayers to become holy, my preaching to become holy, my prophecy to become holy, my counseling to become holy, the things I build to become holy, well, the things I calculate on a calculator to become holy. See, the Holy Spirit isn't just for us to hide in the church and speak in tongues. The Holy Spirit isn't just a place for us to go kneel in the closet and pray to our Creator. The Holy Spirit is meant to make us a witness in the workplace. The Holy Spirit is meant to make us a witness in the schools. But you don't even know. When I came into pastor ministry, I was like, man, okay, I get to preach on Sunday, play golf on Monday through Saturday. I had no idea. That my job would begin to, I mean, I, it's, it's, I'm a CEO of a corporation in essence. But I begin to pray, Holy Spirit, what do I do about this? Do this. What do I do about that? Do this. How do I counsel this? Do that. You see, in the same way, God took a simple brick maker. And he turned him into a, a person who would craft the very instruments of worship that the rest of Israel would begin to use. He began to take the ordinary and make them extraordinary. Man, this is powerful. He can take the, 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 the CPA. He can take the engineer. He can take the, the, the accountant. 
You know, he can take the housekeeper. He can take the food pantry director and he can begin to fill them with the Holy Spirit. And then the things that they begin to create. Come on. They begin to bring life into the people that are around them. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit gave these men new purpose to bring life into the community that they lived in. Uh, Worship team, come on. See, the Holy Spirit was never meant to be an expression of worship that is only hidden in a prayer closet or seen in a worship service, but lived out day by day in the life of every Christian. The Holy Spirit is our guide, our comforter. He's our, he, he's our deliverer, our salvation. When He gives us purpose, He gives us insight. I can tell you a thousand stories. When I was working in fishing tools, and I'd have fishing tool hands and, and, and company men. They'd call me and they say, Joe, man, we got this problem. And for you all field guys, I mean, fishing tool, I worked with stuff like at 15, 16, 18, 20, 25,000 foot in the ground. Like you can't see it. The only thing you got is a weight indicator, a torque, and pressure indicator. That's it. That's like your eyes and ears. And, and I would say, listen, I have no idea what's going on, but let me pray about it. And I'll call you back. That's exactly what we would do. I had fishing tool hands that would call me and say, Joe, would you pray? We have this really difficult situation. We don't know what to do. Man, we'll pray right now. They'd wake up, man. God would show them. Don't th- the Holy Ghost isn't just a theology. It's, not just a, it's a fundamental truth, but it's not just a fundamental truth. Well, it's the power of God living within you to change the people without you. I have no idea how I'm going to do this again next service. I'm going to pray, Holy Spirit, would you just come upon me? Acts 2, 1 through 4 says, and then the day of Pentecost had fully come. I mean, you see, there's the promise. See, Abram, Abraham was a promise of blessings to come. Moses was a promise of blessings to come, of deliverance, of promised land. Well, the tabernacle was a promise of things to come. Jesus was a promise of things to come. I mean, hey, most of you may say, man, I got Jesus, I'm good. I said, that's good. But Jesus said you need the Holy Ghost. If you want, that's what he said. This is not my words. These are Jesus' words. He says, I have to leave, in fact, because I'm sending another, a helper, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to come and live within you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. He's going to remind you. He's going to show you. He's going to empower you. He's going to be me living inside you. Is it mind-blowing? Yes. My mind gets blown all the time. And in eternity, even the, the angels and the saints sing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who is, who was, and who is to come. For eternity, their minds are being blown by the glory of the King. And this is, this is Jesus. Do I understand it? No. And we never will. But I'm a witness. Man. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, and I could preach a whole message just on that, but we only got like negative one minute 
And they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them, divided tongues and as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, God took a group of fishermen, a group of tax collectors, a group of carpenters, a group of moms and dads, a group of farmers, a group of carpenters, and He poured His Spirit into them. And they began to pour that Spirit out to everyone. They became witnesses for Jesus. In power. They were endued with power from on high. And they began to bring reconciliation to the lost and broken world. And it says that day. That day. 3,000 were added to their number. They were saved and baptized. Same Peter. Next day. What was the difference? The Holy Spirit. See, Peter was done waiting. The promise had come. He didn't just go into his prayer closet and begin to pray in the Spirit. He didn't go to the synagogue and begin to have tongues and interpretation. I mean, that's a great. I'm not diminishing that. That's powerful. But he began to go into the streets and preach the gospel, the good news. Why? Because his heart was changed. That's the power of the Holy Ghost. It's boldness. That's the fruit of the Spirit. It's truth. It's righteousness. That same Holy Spirit is available to all who believe today. It's something that happened for me 10 years ago, 12 years ago. I was skeptical. I was like, man, I don't need the Holy Ghost. I got, I'm good. I wasn't good. I needed that. I needed it. Man, He... The Holy Spirit is my guide. He's my source. He lives within me. He's the ever-present Savior. I mean, He is there wherever I go. Deep into the woods, the Holy Ghost is still there. Speaking to me, showing me things, encouraging me. That same Spirit is available for you today. Can we stand together? Jesse, just play a constant chord if you could. Same note. I was reminded of a song this morning. And I'd just like to sing it if that's okay. And I just want to pray for you. And if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you just to come forward. And we're going to pray with you and come into agreement with you. I have some prayer partners who are going to want to pray with you. Is that okay? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving, I'll be a living. Sanctuary for you. 
let's just sing that again. Lord, prepare me. So, Lord, prepare me. Would you just put your hand on your heart? Be a sanctuary, oh, pure and holy. Come on, tried and true. Tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a Sanctuary for you. Well, right where you are with your hand on your heart. I just want to just begin to pray over you. Heavenly Father, I pray that even now, Lord, you'd send your Holy Spirit into this place. Lord, as we make ourselves a willing vessel, Lord, a willing sanctuary for you to dwell, Lord. Lord, that you begin to purify this vessel. Lord, you begin to make it holy. Lord, you begin to test us and try us, Lord, that we can live a life of thanksgiving and and hope in you, Lord. Lord, that even now you'll begin to speak to those, Lord. Lord, begin to show yourself to them new. Begin to show yourself to to them afresh, Lord. Begin to send your spirit upon them, Lord, as we come together in one mind and in one accord, Lord, that you make us to be witnesses unto you in, in, in Youngsville, in New Iberia, in Lafayette, in Acadiana, come on, in, in Louisiana, in the United States, and unto all the world, Father. Lord Jesus, that right now, send your spirit upon these hearts, Lord. Lord, begin to encourage us, strengthen us, Lord. Lord, begin to speak to us in visions and in dreams. As it says, even in the book of Joel, Lord, that you will begin to send your spirit and pour your spirit out upon all flesh. Lord, we thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, I thank you for filling me with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you receive that, can you say amen this morning? Come on, let's just give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. And we want to take some time here this morning. I just want to give you an opportunity to pray. If, you, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, can I have my, our prayer partners and our prayer altar ministers, could you come forward? And, and we just want to take a moment and pray with you. We just want to pray with you. Well, not not that we can do a work, but that he can do a work. So if that's you right now, I just want to give you an opportunity. The worship team is going to continue to play. And we just want to invite you to come to the front as we're dismissed this morning. We're going to take a moment and pray with you. Amen. If you need prayer for just a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to come into agreement with you. Amen. Well, before we do that, Let's just bow our heads. I just want to take a moment and pray as we dismiss. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I pray that you remind us daily of your love and grace. Lord, send your spirit to come and dwell within us in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Y'all go in the peace of the Lord. If you need prayer, we invite you now for prayer. Amen. God bless. We love y'all. Bye-bye.